All right, guys, welcome to the NFPL podcast. I am the host, Drew Ducker. I go by Ducks. I'm the commissioner of the NFPL. Today, episode three, I have Raina Hoffbauer with Futsal Indy today. Raina, how are you doing today? Doing all right. How are you? Doing great. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, really excited to have you on here and talk about kind of how uh, Futsal Indy has come to be. Um, so would love to get started with a little more information about kind of yourself, how the team came to be. Um, you know, I know you, did you, you grew up in, was it Cincinnati, Ohio, or born in Cincinnati? Yes, yep, born, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Nice, how long were you there, and then kind of when did you make your move to, to Indy? Uh, so I was there up until early 20s, okay. um, moved to Pittsburgh with my husband, and then moved here um, after leaving Pittsburgh. So I've uh, been in Indy for about uh, 20 years now. Um, so now, you know, been out of Cincinnati longer than I was in it. Okay. Uh, even though, you know, of course it's still hometown. Sure. Sure. Awesome. All right. Did you play soccer, futsal growing up in Cincy or did you kind of, how how did kind of soccer and and sports in general play a role with you growing up? Uh, so I played soccer growing up, um, played, you know, from very small all the way up through, through college. Uh, and, and back then, you know, I played all sports, mostly on boys' teams because there weren't a lot of girls' sports. Sure. Um, and then especially for soccer, there weren't a lot of girls that played. So I played on a team that kind of spanned two years. So, uh, you know, one year for the first, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so that I played, um, I was one of the younger players on the team because it was two age groups combined. Okay. And then the last little bit that I played – there were enough girls at play that we could have one age group, but the any tournaments and stuff still still spanned a two year two year period. So one year we'd be older, and then like the next year we'd be younger. Nice, very cool. Yeah, when I, I I grew up in South Florida, and there was a couple teams when I was early, maybe like eleven to thirteen, a couple of girls who who were very good playing on the boys' side. So I think we both fit into that realm where like girls were just starting to get into kind of just bigger numbers, more teams, higher level. You know, my sister's a couple years younger than me and she was one of the first groups that had like all the same age girls, good team, but she played a lot with the boys as well. So something that still happens quite a bit. You've got some some younger younger girls who play on the boys' side, but it's been great to see the, the women's game grow so much uh, over the last 10 or 20 years, I'm sure, as well for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um... And even in high school, I mean, some high schools had all girls teams. Okay. Some high schools only had boys teams. So I played at the high school that only had a boys team, which, you know, is not easy when you're trying to compete, especially, you know, when you hit your senior year and you're looking for those um, those senior accolades. Sure. Uh, it makes it a lot harder to make, you know, an all-conference, all-county, all-state team. So, right, right, um, right. Definitely happy that it's grown enough that, that more girls can get recognized for their athletic abilities. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so how, how about futsal? Where, where does kind of futsal fit in your journey here between playing and coaching and Cincinnati and, and uh, Indy? So, uh, you know, futsal, I guess it's been around for a while, but not kind of in the form that it is now. Uh, I was first introduced to futsal in, when I was in Pittsburgh. And, you know, we played in a gym. I do not believe we use futsal rules at all, except for maybe kick-ins. Um, and we played with a soccer ball, which was okay. 
not easy to do, you know, because soccer balls are super, super bouncy on those yeah. wood floors. Uh, so started there, moved to Indy, started uh, playing small-sided soccer. My daughter played soccer, and there wasn't, you know, when a coach has to worry about a team and a club, a lot of times it's just one coach. You know, players don't get a lot of touches, a lot of individual attention. So I started doing some small-sided soccer just to get my daughter more touches and okay. a few of her friends. Also played on a WPSL team at the time here in Indy. Nice. And we would just um, invite a handful of youth players out just to get touches. Uh, you know, a lot of us women, we played in the competitive co-ed leagues. Okay. But sometimes trying to not get injured playing against the men uh, wasn't always easy. And we could play against youth players who were maybe not as competitive as the men, but were definitely safer to play against. Okay. And it offered, you know, the young girls an opportunity to play at a level higher than what they would ordinarily get. So that's kind of how we got started playing with some of the younger players. And then uh, I started coaching high school soccer and uh, didn't really have access to indoor turf facilities. But here in Indiana, there's a ton of basketball courts. Oh, yeah. So we started playing a small sided, really soccer on a basketball court. Okay. Um, and then once my daughter got into high school, there was a girl who lived in Fort Wayne who came down, drove down from Fort Wayne and played here in Indy on her outdoor travel team. And she played in a futsal league up in Fort Wayne. So we drove up to Fort Wayne once a week to play with her in, her, in the futsal league that she played in. Uh, that was run by Carlos Cruz out of Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, Phoenix. Yeah, nice. That's, so that's awesome. that's how I really first got introduced to futsal kind of on on this type of scale i mean i had done a little bit of research and looked it up um and tried to you know find kind of affiliates and affiliations but uh not until i started talking with him did i really get introduced to futsal kind of in in the way that i'm doing it now got you awesome awesome very cool and i know you mentioned you said you coached high school was that kind of the start of your coaching career if you will and then now has that gone into coaching futsal with the youth teams do you do any outdoor stuff kind of how did the how did coaching come to be kind of a, a passion of yours as well uh, yeah it's funny because I played at a time when coaching was really just a hobby you know I grew up my dad actually my mom coached me uh, when I when I first started playing soccer uh, but as my dad likes to tell the story my mom would sit on the sidelines with other moms and just talk. And okay. there wasn't a lot of coaching happening. So my dad stepped in with a couple of other dads and started coaching. And he was a football, baseball guy. Okay. So a lot of our, you know, soccer drills started with football drills. <laughs> uh, we played sure. a lot of drills like chicken. You know, ball would be set in the middle and two of us would be at opposite ends and we'd run it, run at it and see who got to it first, which I don't know that you know, any coach would ever do again. There were quite a few collisions and some injuries because of that, uh, but that made us tough. Okay. Uh, so that's how I started uh, playing, and then my brother started playing. So there really weren't experienced soccer coaches. So when my brother started playing soccer, I helped out coaching his team. So I was still in high school, like late middle school, early high school when I first started coaching. Okay. And then ever since then, really, it was, I didn't necessarily seek out coaching uh, because, again, coaching was not a profession. It wasn't something that you went into. It was something that you did really voluntarily. And most times, either for your kids or for a friend or as a favor for someone. Sure. Uh, 
Um, so all coaching that I had done, you know, after that was someone asked me to coach a team because they, they had a need. Um, and then when my daughter started playing, I started to coach more consistently just because she was in the sport. There was still a shortage of coaches. And for her, she was on a team that if they didn't have a coach, there wouldn't be a, a team. So I started coaching really for her. Um, and then outside of that, like just about every coaching position I'd had, someone had a need and asked if I was available to coach. And uh, you know, I'd step up and, and take the realm. Uh, but really until uh, maybe my daughter was in high school and I saw what the, the environment was, I didn't think about doing it seriously. You know, playing soccer in the in the eighties was different. Um, right. No, definitely. <laughs> there's not. There wasn't probably the oversight that there is now. There weren't, you know, coaching licenses and all of that type of stuff. Uh, you know, my mom coached, who had never played, you know, really lick of sports in her life. My dad coached, and he was a football guy. I didn't know about soccer. So, once my daughter started playing, there wasn't i didn't think there was a lot kind of environmentally that changed about soccer and in dealing with girls it was still um there was still a lot of like you played with anger not with passion really it was uh so i wanted to kind of bring about a change to the environment that kids played in there was a lot of pressure and i wanted to just do something that could relieve that pressure and still offer a development environment Nice. Awesome. Very cool. So kind of we're fast forwarding a little bit then now you have, um, <clears throat> we've got Futsal Indy men's team. We've got the youth component. How did kind of the, the youth component come to be and maybe when did it officially start? Tell us a little about how many teams you have right now. Uh, so the youth started really three years ago. Okay. Uh, officially when uh, U.S. Youth Futsal started doing their academy program. Before then, you know, my daughter played and we'd maybe take a team to a tournament. Uh, I had a couple of other kids that wanted to play and we might play a tournament, but more than anything, it was, you know, just training here and organizing friendlies. And really not until it became more structured uh, for futsal, did I try to do a more structured uh, academy? Okay. Um, so it's you know I'm, I'm pretty pretty new in, in this. Sure. And because um, like I, I try to have a, a no pressure environment, I get a lot of kids that come from high pressure environments. So I get a lot of the ECNL girls, a lot of the MLS Next kids that come and play because they can play at a pretty good level. They can have a lot of fun. They can get a lot of touches, and uh, and they you know they love the environment. So uh, that's kind of how the environment started. I mean, with my daughter, but not quite as structured. And as she got older, and we started inviting more and more kids to play, a little bit more structure happened. But really, the organizational structure caused us to build an academy structure. Right. Nice. It's very, very grassroots styles is what it sounds like, right? A couple of kids, we grab them for tournaments, and now it's kind yeah. of starting to evolve in, in what uh, is, is a nice little youth club for you guys. Uh, 
I, you, you mentioned uh, a couple of things that for, for coaches always pop into my mind, you know, the high pressure environments. Um, in, in terms of this being kind of an addition, I imagine for most kids, you know, do you have kind of a set philosophy in terms of winning versus development, you know, balancing those expectations from coaches, parents, players uh, that are coming from, from these high pressure environments, if you will, and then coming to futsal where, um, you know, they, they get to play maybe a little more freely. Well, where, how, do, how does your philosophy kind of fit in um, to the players you have? Uh, well, like I said, I, I like to have a no-pressure environment. I mean, the kids still have to, you know, we're all competitive. The kids still have to yeah, compete, try. Right. Sure. Um, so there's, it's interesting because the environment kind of works itself out. Nobody really comes around, comes in and just plays around because we just aren't really uh, wired to play around. Like we have fun, right. but we also work hard. You know, when there's a minute left on the clock, even though we're just playing pickup, you know, everybody's trying to score. They're trying to win the game. So sure. there's still that competitiveness to the environment. It's just not the, you know, if we make a mistake, you know, there's not the hanging of the shoulders, the hanging of the head, you know, maybe the attacks from either teammates or coaches that happens. Um, but if somebody, you know, is, is goofing off a little bit too much, you know, we jump on them and we're like, hey, we're still playing. You know, we still want to try to win this. I know we're playing pickup, but, you know, sure. stop goofing off. Uh, so the environment, again, no pressure, but still competitive. The kids love it because they're pushed, but they also aren't uh, made to feel bad about their mistakes. You know, they're, they're allowed to make mistakes. And then it's how do they, they come out of that? Uh, a lot of the adults that we have are very, you know, it's, a lot of them are coaches. Um, they're very kid friendly, and sometimes an adult will do something. The kid will say, "Hey, that's really cool. Can you show me?" And then you know the adult will pull the kid aside and show them whatever skill it was that they did. So uh, the environment, you know, the parents love it, the kids love it. We have a lot of fun, but everybody still, you know, competes to win. Everybody has, I think, a pretty big ego. Yeah, There's that, yeah, yeah for you know, sure. I want to be better than you. I want to try to nutmeg you. I'm going to get you somehow. So, right. uh, but fun is fun is first. Nice. So the parents, the parents love it. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. And then I imagine all, all of these guys uh, and, and girls still, still are playing outdoor soccer with big clubs. What's kind of the, the balance for them, the balance for you, right? I know, you know, in the past we've talked about um, futsal almost being a conflict. Has, has that gotten better since day one to now? Is there more of like a synergy between some of the clubs in the area? Tell me a little bit about just the dynamics of that for your club particularly. Uh, it's gotten a lot better. I think at the start, there was a lot of fear from clubs uh, that we were going to steal their players. Mm -hmm. And I understand now that a lot of these coaches, this is their, you know, they're making their living doing this. I'm not making my living doing this. I'm just, you know, I want to develop kids. Right. Um, I'm sure that it can grow to a point where I could make a living, but that's not my focus. Uh, and I think coaches needed to understand that I wasn't trying to take away their livelihood because uh, that is scary, you know, when you have a family to support uh, and yeah, you sure. think that that is going to go away. Um, so, it, you know, it took a little bit for them to understand that, I would like to work with them, not against them. And if it helps take some pressure off of them having to develop kids in the off season, then uh, it just makes it better for them, especially to give their kids a different uh, environment, uh, just a 
different scenery, a different feel uh, than those kids who come back to that environment. And then what I, what I hope happens is that kids are less likely to leave the comfort of their clubs, you know, their home clubs looking for something better, you know, cause that happens at some point you have a kid that's an all-star on a team, right? their team's not giving them really what they want or the parents don't think it. So they start club hopping and then you have a kid that's unhappy because they've left, you know, the yeah. nest. So if they can come into my environment and get that competitive uh, environment and then still go back and feel safe and comfortable in their club environment, then hopefully uh, it balances out for everyone and the coaches understand that I'm offering uh, a service to them as well. Yeah, and I think it's a good point you make too, right? Uh, you know, we, we want futsal to be, you know, uh, just a part of uh, the players, you know, experience growing up and, and another tool they can use. Because right now, at least in the U.S., I feel like most players use futsal to get better at outdoor, right? So they go back yes. to their clubs and, you know, it's not right or wrong per se. It's just the reality for the U.S. Uh, right. And I think on the flip side, like you said, you know, coaching has become, you know, a, a craft, a career now uh, all over the world, but specifically in the U.S. at the youth level. Mm -hmm. So... I do think, you know, some clubs are trying to hold hold on to players sometimes a little bit too tight, right? Because they don't want to mm -hmm. lose them, which is understandable. You know, it's become a business. The, the paid-to-play model is is not the best model in the world, but it's the one the U.S. has. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of dynamics, um, you know, we're trying to work with and around to, to, you know, put food on the table and as well as develop players and be a part of uh, soccer and futsal. So, Hopefully it'll it'll continue to evolve in, in a good direction where you know everyone can still make a living, but we can find ways to to make it uh, cost effective per players as well. So, uh, you know, my my hope for you know NFPL teams as well is if we can grow the game at a high level, the the men's team can bring in more revenue and have more fans and get a bigger arenas where you know the youth can be uh, as cheap as possible at that point, so we can give you know every kid an opportunity to play. So. You know, right. the groundwork is definitely being laid and, and we'll continue to make hopefully strives uh, in that direction. So uh, it sounds yeah. like you, you've, you've put a lot of good groundwork in and you're making some progress. So we're very happy to hear that. Yeah, definitely, definitely trying. So. Yeah, yeah. So as, as we kind of talk about the men's team here in a second, give me maybe, you know, you've given us a, a good blueprint of kind of your, your start to now. Tell us, where do you see kind of the youth side in five years from now? Uh, in five years, I see definitely more growth. Uh, you know, I think there was a lot of growth starting to happen, you know, not just with the NFPL, but with futsal uh, before COVID happened. And then COVID really kind of shut everything down. And we're still feeling the effects of that a little bit. I mean, some of it's been kind of good for us because there hasn't been a lot of travel that outdoor teams could do. So a lot of outdoor players of course they're getting bored in their environment you're seeing the same teams players coaches all the time as they're trying to kind of catch up i think uh to where they think they should be given that they had you know almost close to a year off so we have more kids coming into the futsal environment just because it's it's different enough um and then with so many things shut down we get kids come in to play just because they need activity uh kind of a good thing for us is that because we've tried to keep numbers so small we've really had to expand where we host some of our futsal uh training and play okay. so we've spread out a little all over the city so that we don't have so many people coming into one space 
we can spread out. We have, you know, place on the north, the east, the south, the west. Uh, so we've been able to get a couple more kids involved. We've, I think, done a good job of keeping our numbers, you know, small comparatively. Uh, but we've reached a wider audience. I think once COVID ends, that'll just, you know, explode. Uh, I think the NFPL will also explode once COVID ends and we get people back in the stands. Uh, you know, futsal is so great. It's like basketball in that you can have the fans so close to the to the court right. that you really feel that fan experience. Yeah. So I think once COVID ends and more people are out and in the stands and, and they feel that energy, I, th I think it's really going to grow. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. No, we're, look we're looking forward to seeing kind of what um, – what you guys bring here at the youth level and of course the men's as we get in here so let's let's get on to the men's i'm excited to chat more about the men's at nfpl when uh when did the men's team team start right and, and what was kind of the expectation at the time or was there an expectation when you kind of started it so there was there was no expectation uh the men's team started really when the nfpl started okay i you know being a, a, a a female soccer player, a woman that plays, you know, a girl that played. I, while I played with boys, my focus wasn't on the boys' side or the men's side because to me that side was fine. Right. Uh, I didn't have to try to grow it. You know, boys play sports at a much higher number than, than girls do. They get into it younger at a much higher number. So, and then the environment is so different uh, from girls. There aren't a lot of women coaches at play. So, I was focused on building a youth program, mostly for girls. If boys mm -hmm. came, great. But I don't. I didn't really have any male coaches. Uh, all of my coaches were women because that's you know what I knew. So I didn't have a lot of expectations that I'd get a lot of boys in. Just because I didn't think that a lot of parents would want women coaching their sons. Right. I mean that may sound a little cynical, but I just that wasn't my expectation. So I had a friend that uh, knew someone who played futsal. I mean, and I have uh, my, she's our technical director, Jana uh, Mickness. She played for the Brazilian women's national soccer team, and she also played professional futsal. So she was going to be our driver of this program. And, you know, the rest of us were really going to learn for her, from sure. her. And then I had a friend who, she was just a soccer junkie. She ran into a guy and, you know, I'd post on social media every once in a while, and he saw it, and she connected us. And he really wanted a men's team. And he kind of forced me into doing some of the research and putting together this team. Like, I, I had no idea really about the futsal world at right. large. Um, so Jana talked to this guy who was also Brazilian. And she was like, hey, I think he'd be a great addition. And again, like, I had, <laughs> had no idea. Um, but he was really the driver of the program. His name was uh, Junior Zanolato. Mm -hmm. He you know, push the men's team. Uh, he grabbed all of the players. He had some players, uh, friends of his that played. And then he tried to pick up some players local, which, you know, was really interesting because nobody here knows what futsal is. Uh, initially, it was a bit of a mess. I was like, okay, maybe this will work. Maybe it won't, but we'll we'll see how Give it works. It you know, yeah. Do we do, you know, a bottom-up model? Do we do a top-down model? Well, now this guy really wants to have a team, maybe we'll do a little bit of both and somehow meet somewhere in the middle. Sure. Um, so really there were no expectations because we had, you know, there was no budget for a men's team. 
you know, we're just kind of getting the youth off of the ground. Luckily, I have a lot of, you know, friends and stuff that, you know, we could get space at a discount and, and equipment at a discount and that type of thing. So we're really kind of, uh, you know, kind of doing it by the seat of our pants. Uh, right. And, and so, you know, he put together a, a decent group of guys. Um, at the start, it was pretty ugly, <laughs> you know, because you have a handful of futsal players and then a handful of soccer players that you're trying to all get on the same page. Um, but what I came to discover is that Indy has a really great men's soccer community. There are some great soccer players, some great technical players here locally. Mm -hmm. uh, he was able to find them because, of course, he played. He was playing in the men's leagues. Right. Um, he found them. He, he brought them in, and and we had a lot of success our first year. Uh, I, it was, you know, really out of left field for me. I had no expectations of that. Um, and it was really great, really great to see. So that's kind of how we we got started. Had no plans on it, and just kind of, you know, I guess you can say fell in my lap, you know, by way of a couple of friends and, and passionate people. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and I feel like that first year you guys had you had you had a great run as well. Finished uh, top of the table at the end of the season, and then finalist uh, for that first year. Uh, Putting it together, uh, just like you said, m makes the story even more amazing, right? To come in and make uh, make an impact like that, um, very very right. cool. Uh, and yeah. I think I think Indy has a a, a bigger foot football, I'll say soccer, but a, a bigger soccer culture than most people think, like you had mentioned. Um, yeah. And I have to say, I, I was pretty ignorant as well, um, just because I'm not in Indy a lot until a few right. years back where I went to the Mayor's Cup one year, the, the futsal yes. tournament there, and like just a, a ton of culture, way more internationals than I kind of would oh, have yeah. thought. Uh, a really fun experience for me personally to see uh, just how much kind of futsal culture and soccer culture was there. So, you know, I do think um, you'll be able to get more and more of that as the years go on. So very, very glad to hear you've been able to kind of tap into to that market. Um, so that was year one. Kind of fast forwarding a little bit here now, my, my two questions for you are, have you, do you have kind of a pathway or is a pathway in the works from your youth to the men's? Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, certainly, you know, because we're so new, there are gaps. You know, my daughter is now, you know, she's aged out of college okay. and a lot of her friends at play have also aged out of college. And while we have a little bit of access to those players kind of through her and, you know, I, I coached when those kids were growing up, so I know them as well. Um, the ones that are really strong are, of course, looking to play professionally elsewhere. So we get some kids that are really on the rise. Um, not kids, you know, young men. Sure. I, I say kids because I'm just so old. Uh, <laughs> they're young by comparison. Right. But we get some young men, you know, that are on the rise. And uh, so, like, uh, Bookman, who was a player for our team for a couple of years, he went and he played professionally in Australia. Okay, nice. For which is wonderful for Futsal him. or outdoor? Uh, outdoor soccer. Okay, nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, still the focus is outdoor soccer. Sure. You know, these yeah, guys yeah. want to play professionally outdoors. Um, our first year, we had a, a guy named Nago who was very, very good, very technical. Uh, he went into Texas to play. I think it might have been on a, I don't know if it was a USL team or I, I can't, I can't remember the team. But you know, these guys are looking to play more soccer, of course, than futsal. So we have either guys that are coming up, or guys that are local who played at a very high level 
you know, you, you never really lose that desire to compete competitively. Right. You only lose the ability to do it physically. Um, so then we have some guys that can still compete. Uh, they compete with us that are maybe a little bit older than what maybe your average uh, player would be. Right. Um, but so we do have some youth players, I think, that could come up and play for our men's team. So we give them opportunities to train. Okay. This year's been tough. You know, we haven't done any training with our men's team. Right. There's been yeah, no, yeah. you know, we, there was no season. So um, we haven't been able to give those kids the opportunity. But in the past, we had some high school kids training in the environment, um, I think, for a lot of them. Even for some of the local guys who had played professionally that still play competitively, we had like a little friendly day where they played our men's team and the game was so fast, like even the adults couldn't keep up, uh, which I could see even our first year, the ones who, who were good that had never played futsal versus the ones who had played futsal. Okay. There was a really big learning curve. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll have kids come up into our program of course, they'll, it'll be the same thing. They'll be on the young age coming up probably before they look to go somewhere else and play professional, professional soccer. Um, but it'd be nice if we did have some that age through our system and then played for our men's team for a number, number of years. I think that would be great to have that homegrown talent on the team. Yeah, for sure. No, and I think it's, it's on most uh, clubs' radar, right, to have a couple of those players, you know, AVK is, is a good example. Uh, you know, they've got a ton of their players that have played since five, six, seven, eight, right? And they play in the men's right. team now. So I think uh, they've had a little more time to expand their programs than like yourself and even myself. Um, mm -hmm. But it's nice to get the younger players involved. And, and I think one of the areas where I'm, I'm excited for the NFPL to continue to grow is kind of having the NFPL be almost a, a, a springboard, if you will, for players like you'd mentioned who want to get extra training, want to continue to develop, and then they go on to professional indoor, futsal, or outdoor. So, uh, yeah. you know, I do think that that's an attribute to futsal and kind of what our, our league can offer, right, at a high level to help some of oh, these yeah. players grow. So, you know, I think I think in my heart at some point, right, we'd like 10 years to be like, all right, it's going to be all futsal players, right? We want futsal, <laughs> right. futsal guys. But... Um, yeah. You know, to have them go on either way and kind of you know develop in, at some capacity through us is still um, is still awesome for us and, and great for them uh, as well. So uh, very very cool that you have those players coming in and out as well. Yeah. So I know you'd mentioned Jana. Um, do you have any any ideas? Obviously, no team no team or no season this year. Is she gonna take on a bigger role? Uh, you know, whether it's the technical staff or potentially coaching. Do you have kind of a, a role for her moving forward with the men's? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We uh, Jana will be our manager of the men's team. She'll be you know, our head coach. Jana has been around the longest. You know, we had a little bit of uh, is a lot of um, professional sports have you know some turnover in coaching. Uh, Jana's been the most consistent, and we'd like to keep that consistency going forward. And again, for me, as a, a woman that, that plays soccer and now futsal, I don't know a lot on the men's side. So trying to find the right fit hasn't been easy. Sure. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of clubs, a lot of the other clubs were started by, you know, men who played. So it only made sense that those men then coached the men's team. I don't really have the luxury of doing that. Right. Um, 
So Jana will take over that role and she'll have someone to help her. Uh, we'll probably look to bring in someone who does have uh, a male who has uh, futsal knowledge um, to help her out. And then she's very, very good at, you know, because she's been in here in the U.S. I think coaches, managers are different everywhere. Some In some places you have, you know, a manager that takes care of, you know, everything, the admin stuff, um, and, and they're they're very good at that. And some that can only run trainings. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, Jan is very good at, at all of that. So nice. I think she'll be a great fit for that role. And then she can have someone who can really just focus on the futsal side without having to worry about rosters and all of the admin type of stuff, and even just the team environment. Um, so that's where we're looking to go going forward is having her at the helm of the men's program nice. and then having people to assist her in that role. Yeah, no, that, that'll that be, I mean, that'll be awesome, right? That'll be awesome to yeah. see her kind of take on. And she obviously has some some great experience, which uh, only only adds um, to everything she can do. So that'll that'll yeah. be exciting um, to kind of see the continue of, uh, of women, right? Growth in futsal, even helping, you know, on not just the women's side, but the men's side. So we're, we're looking forward to seeing more of that for you guys this year. Uh, that, yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, in terms of NFPL, right? So last couple of years, um, for you maybe, right? Who have kind of maybe been your your biggest rivals, right? In the in the last couple of years here, if there's one or two, right? Maybe even a team that you that you like playing um, for for X or Y reason, or a team that maybe you're like, man, it's really tough to go there, right? It's either the crowd or the court size. Give us a little information about that. You know, who do you? Uh, who are you looking forward to playing as we continue uh, into next season? Well, you know, the the teams have gotten so much better. Uh, even from the first season to the second season, uh, I look forward to playing really everyone. I'd say that uh, maybe, you know, because we're so new, maybe the team didn't have a rivalry, but definitely the coach had a rivalry. Sure, so, sure, sure. You know, but as I got into this more, I, I kind of knew that there might have been some history with Columbus Futsal, so that became a big rivalry for us. Okay. You know, our coach wanted to go there to, to beat that team. Um, and, you know, of course, when they came here, it, it was a, a really heated big game. Big deal, yeah. Um, you know, certainly you guys are a rivalry uh, for us also. I think that was very, very coach-driven. Uh, but even now for me, because we lost you guys in the championship game, Certainly, like I, I needle the guys. I'm like, hey, look, <laughs> we play Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, Randy. Going to be a grudge match. I mean, they, they, they beat us that first year. Um, so now, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold the guys to making sure, you know, they, they work hard because. Oh yeah. You're the ones we want to take down, right? <laughs> um, uh, but you know, Trizub also is very, very good. Uh, they may have been our home opener. Okay. And I think we might have just beaten them by a goal. So that was it turned in, I think, to a great game and something that our guys and our fans really looked forward to because nice. it was it was a it was a really good game. It was really exciting. It was not really heated, but um, definitely competitive. Uh, so those are a few of the teams that we're looking forward to, you know, facing in the next year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, with with our event coming up in April, right? It's a little you know on the tail end of what would normally be our season. Um, mm -hmm. 
tell, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you know, the hope is that everyone will, will play four or five, six games over the weekend. Are you going to have kind of a younger team? Um, you know, do you have an idea what your roster will look like for kind of this April? Are you going to bring in some new kids to kind of see what they have? Give us a little info on uh, maybe what April is going to look like for you for our NFL tournament. Uh, yeah, so we'll have uh, the core, pretty much a core group of guys okay. back that we've had the last couple of years. Uh, one of those guys, his name is uh, Gordo, or his nickname is Gordo. Gordo, yeah, okay. Uh, Wellington Francisco uh, Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, he's been very, um, I mean, uh, the first year he played every game, didn't miss a game, you know, came to every practice. Second year, he was at every game. He, you know, he did get a, a red card, so he did have to sit out for sit a out game, a but he games. was still there. Okay. Um, he stepped into a cult. Uh, coaching role our second season uh you know he'll be back uh and then there'll be a core of other guys that will be back and then we'll look to bring in some younger players but i think we'll start with that core um you know our, our goalkeeper enrique he actually he tore his <coughs> Achilles. Ooh, so ouch. he most likely yeah he must he had surgery so he probably won't be back that quickly okay so we'll have to that that'll be tough because he's been our goalkeeper for two years he's been wonderful um so we'll have to find and that you know that's hard finding a new goalkeeper sure uh, for the team. um but we, we plan on bringing in some younger players seeing how they how they work out but for the most part we'll we'll have our core group come back awesome yeah i know that uh, i'm sure they're excited to to get some games in, right? Fingers crossed things will still work yeah. out where, where April is a go. I'm, I know everyone's been dying to play, and uh, it'll be nice to at least get some semblance uh, of some games in uh, for the guys and, uh, and, of course, for some of the fans. So that, that's great. That's great. So I, I think you probably alluded a little bit to this with uh, you know, mentioning losing to, to us uh, with the Mud Puppies, but goals for the next two years. Is it going to be you know a little rebuilding? Is it going to be like we've got our core group, we want to go and win? Um, what do you, what are your expectations for the team over the next two years? Over the next two years, definitely winning. You know, winning is always always in there, especially when you're playing at this level. You, you, yeah. You focus on winning. You know, at the youth levels, we focus on development. But you get to this level, uh, you better be a, a whole player that can contribute to the outcome of games. Um, so over the next two years, we'll, we'll probably still keep that core, um, and we'll bring in players around that group to help us to help us win okay uh but i think we definitely like to start building that that feeder system into into our men's team because you know while i'd love for these guys to play forever i know as a player that you you can't play um forever at that level and at some time you know at some point you will age out even if you've made this your home so right we will need to start incorporating some younger players into the environment and developing a feeder to pull into our men's team especially of, of local players because uh, we do have some players that that make the trip in um even though we do have a core of local players those players you know they have jobs and families and and they also coach uh so this does take a lot of their time up so we'll be focusing on getting players that can really commit to the environment. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. We're, we're definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys bring. Um, 
one or two more questions here, and I, and I think uh, I think I know the answer on one of them. But we've had a lot of questions from whether it's fans or coaches or players or teams, women's women's team, women's division. One, do you guys have a women's team? Um, and and what what is your goal, right? As as I talk about a little about the NFPL's goals for women's team, do you guys have a women's team right now? Do you have anything going on there? Tell us about that. So, yes, we do have a women's team. And actually, the first year that they opened up a women's division in the Mayor's Cup, we uh, participated. We competed in that, and we won. Um, so nice. we've had a, a group of women that, you know, play together. Uh, we've done the uh, U.S. Futsal had a regional tournament. Gosh, it must be two or three years ago now um, that we played in and we won. So we definitely have a group of women that want to compete still at a higher level. We we're planning on last summer taking a trip down to nationals a women's team, and then you know COVID kind of sidelined us. We would like to do that again this okay. year. Now it's just a matter of organizing. And certainly, you know, I, I still like to think that I can compete a little bit. So <laughs> for the sure. sooner we can get a women's team competing, the better for me because I'm definitely aging out of that. <laughs> competition level so i feel like i have a good couple years left before i can only step on for like 30 seconds and maybe make a pass before i step off the court there again. you go yeah oh absolutely uh, so i mean it, it it would be great even you know to do some exhibition matches um you know maybe even under the nfpl umbrella because I, I think i know abk has had a women's team for a lot of years because even before we had i mean we've always kind of had a group of women that have played together. Uh, when I was playing in the, on the WPSL, there were women that were local to Indy, and we play indoor together. We do tournaments right. and stuff. So really for a good 10 years, it's been kind of the same group of women uh, that have played together. Um, but before we were really truly organized, ABK, we a handful of us went up and played with Fort Wayne against ABK's women's team. Okay. And they smashed us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were good. <laughs> And they, they really, uh, you know, had us uh, walking off the court with our tail between our legs. So, you know, at that point, I was like, you know, we got to really, you know, work on this. We got to train because, sure. you know, us, we want to compete at that level and we want to win. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, we, we do have a women's team. We've really just been competing casually for, for a pretty long time, except for the tournaments that we participated in. Okay. Uh, awesome. Even those tournaments, though, didn't have a great women's turnout. Maybe there was one other competitive team and then two teams that were competitive enough, but, you know, you kind of still run away with the game. Yeah. So it would be really nice uh, to have a more formal uh, way to compete for the women. I think that would sure. help the girls' side, too, to know that they can compete at this level to bring in some high school kids, maybe some college kids that come home that can train in that environment uh, and compete maybe over the summer. Yeah, uh, I think be it great. would be a great thing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Raina, hang on just one second for me, sorry. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Sorry about that technical quick issue there, but um. No, it's okay. Yeah. No, that's 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 awesome here. So no, our goal for uh, 
the NFPL, I think, in the next couple of years is to try to, um, you know, launch a, a women's a women's division, right, in hopes that all the men's teams that are currently in will, will add one. So it's on our radar, right? A lot of uh, logistics still um, pushing the men and expanding, but um, I, think it, I think it's definitely a priority as just the women's game grows in general, right? There's more youth women's futsal, more youth girls' futsal, and, and the world now, right, uh, it has a lot of women's national teams uh, in the U.S. who is very, very dominant in outdoor, doesn't. So um, I do think it's coming down the pipeline soon, right, so, uh, with U.S. soccer supporting that. So we're excited to hopefully have that come out soon. And I think soon after, um, our goal will be to kind of add a women's division as well. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to, to having Futsal Indy have a women's uh, team in it as well. So Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> In terms of futsal uh, in the U.S., right? I know women's women's division is probably one of the things for you that would be high on the radar. Um, what's one other thing maybe that you would like to see just U.S. futsal do right over the next few years? Whether it's kind of coming together as one, do you you know do you want a men's pro division? Um, even if it's something maybe specific just for the end the Indianapolis area. I mean, what's one thing you would like to see uh, you know kind of the U.S. do via futsal over the next couple of years? Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see the U.S. really get behind and support futsal. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's, I know there's a, a men's national team now, and I think it's, it, start, it started before COVID, and so it's been, um, they haven't, I don't know that they've really been able to compete yet, um, but I haven't seen that promoted, I think, as much as I would like to see it promoted. Sure. I'd, love to see the u.s really get behind futsal as a standalone sport instead of as a supplement to train yeah. soccer players i think that'd be a great thing um and i think it give a lot of kids an opportunity to play you know another sport give them another option another avenue another way to compete if they can't or don't want to do it on a big field so I think that's probably the, the biggest thing is can the U.S. throw some support behind uh, not just a men's program, but behind a women's program as well. Yeah, and futsal. No, awesome. Yeah, we, we are definitely hopeful and, and we'll, we'll continue to hopefully uh, work with U.S. soccer in general to get more uh, support for futsal, not just for the men's, but for the women's. So that's awesome. We'll uh, yeah, so I just wanted to add, I think what you're doing with the NFPL is great. Um, what I've really enjoyed is the amount of diversity that I've seen with all of the clubs, with the owners. Uh, Columbus Futsal has a, a, a woman owner of, you know, men's professional sports organization, which is yep. unbelievable in our organization. Uh, you know, I own Futsal Lindy, but then we also have our executive director is Angela Berry White, who is a great soccer player, played for the uh, women's U.S. national team here for the U.S. Awesome. Our technical, our technical director, uh, who will then, you know, be our men's uh, manager coach, uh, Jana Novias Mcnis. Uh, I think I said earlier, played for the Brazilian women's national team, played professional futsal, um, and I think this is really giving an opportunity for those of us not always represented at this level uh, to have some representation. So. Uh, this is, I, I love what you're doing, Ducks. Um, I think it opens the door for, for so much diversity. And for those of us that didn't think that we could be here, 
uh, to be here. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, my pleasure, right? I mean, I, you know, I grew up in South Florida, very di diverse culture. So that's kind of what I just understood growing up and just being a, a football and futsal uh, enthusiast and, and passion for the game. You know, I think it, it makes sense to continue what uh, what that encompasses uh, as we grow the NFPL. So really, really glad to have you and uh, all of your organizations uh, in the league with us and um, definitely looking forward to, to more to come from Futsal Indy. So thank you again, Reina. Awesome. Well, Reina, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure here. For everyone listening, uh, this is the NFPL podcast. My name is Drew Ducker. I go by Ducks. I'm the commissioner. We've got Reina from Futsal Indy here. Uh, if you're in the greater Indianapolis area, whether you're a youth player, a men's player, even a women's player, uh, Futsal Indy can offer it all for you guys. Definitely check them out. They've had a lot of great success early on and, uh, in my opinion, still very much in their infancy of what they're going to do. So check out this episode. Uh, check out Reina at Futsal Indy when you get a chance, and we hope to see you all again soon. Thank you, guys.